0: afternoon everyone. Today we're joined at Where's My Sports At by Daniel and Matt from Card Crazy down near New Plymouth and we're really happy to have them along today. We've been wanting to interview them for a while because myself and Sally we are hooked on card breaks and we're hooked on basketball cards. <laughs> have been since we've I've been eight years old Phil I think. How old were you when you got into it bud?
1: Pretty much pretty much the same. I had a big gap between preteen and 30-something, but I've been a big fan, yeah, my whole life, essentially.
0: Daniel and Matt, welcome along, lads. Thanks. We're going to run through some questions today with you guys, and uh, hopefully they are not too many personal questions in there. So the first one there for you, lads, how did you both get into
2: collecting? I always collected when I was a kid, around eight, mm. picked up collecting, and the job I was doing at the time, which we still do now, still an arm of our company is the stamp collecting, and we we're bringing a lot of PayPal money by the, by the selling stamps overseas. And instead of bringing it back and getting pretty average return on the exchange rate and all the bank fees, et cetera, I was using it to buy trading cards, which is my passion and what I liked. So I was bringing them back and then selling them on Trade Me. And, and that's how it started. Mm. That's how it built to what it is now. By a few yeah. mm.
3: And it's the same It's people say, like I was, uh, used to buy the old packs for Kmart and- Back again in Wellington, when I was down there. And was rugby league, slippers and whatnot. And then, yeah, had that massive gap, like stopped it. Like, yeah, like early teens. Uh, and I got back into it from a trade me ad for a $4.95 pack of hoops. And I saw that it said local pickup in New Plymouth. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, pretty sure there's no card shops around, around New Plymouth. And so I put the address in, some weird ass looking shop came up. and that was like their their building so like distributors and yeah, went in there picked up my Fulama 95 pack and I've been hooked again since What possessed you to buy that pack? I can't remember I was just on training just searching shit up as you do
0: (laughs) Was it the 94, 95 hoops with the little triangle in the corner?
3: No, no, no It was the the new release one so this was 2015, 16 I think 2016, 17 sets yeah. And yeah, it's like from there it just kicked off again, and um thousands deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: <excellent.
1: laughs> so good. No, I used to remember going into into town and then uh, to the local dairy with the card machine, two a coin, put it in and pump it out, and then out, out came your little pack of cards. It'd be gold if, the, if those came back. If I it, no, um...
2: I would buy it. Yeah, <laughs> country, for nostalgic
1: yeah. reasons. Yes, it yeah, would be that'd be pretty neat. Because you I can mean, still get the
2: card onto the bottom of the card machine, yeah. which nowadays that's, would make everyone <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. corners, but hey, <laughs> it's, the, it's the nostalgia, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. So uh, the next sort of question: not terribly interested in the specific specifics of how you became a stockist and how you hooked up with Fanatics and Panini, but just in terms of that process, was it was it drawn out? Was it was it difficult? And like, do you just approach them and they, and they say, yeah, there's a, there's a market in New Zealand for that. We're keen. How did that sort of look?
2: Yeah. So that was back in, I'm buying and selling cards back in 12, 13, and it was in 13. I wanted to take it to the next level. So I, I was talking to, to Grayson at Sherry about whether he would supply us with a bit of stuff, a bit of the new stuff, because we never had the new releases before. And he had a Panini agency and he was getting all the new stuff and. He said to me, why don't you just why don't you just contact them yourself? Get your own agency for New Zealand, because no one's doing it in New Zealand. So why don't you do it yourself? And he gave me the contact details, which were in Italy, in Modena back in those days. That was before it all switched to Panini America. He used to deal directly with Italy. So if a new release came out where I'd email Italy and it would all be sorted there and it would ship from America. But so uh, that, that was a little bit drawn out. You had to prove a few things like you had a retail shop, like you could buy a significant amount of stock, like you would buy all the releases. That's something a lot of people don't understand is like, um, why, don't you, why, why do not you get this one? It's not as good as that one. Why don't you just get that one? Well, you you gotta buy everything. And you don't get to decide how much you can buy either because people will also say why don't you get more national treasures? You're out of stock already. You should have got more. But you can just get as many as they let you have. So jumping on board with them was time-consuming, but they were pretty. They seemed happy to have us, which was pretty cool. Different climate, of course. Back in those days, I couldn't sell a lot of what I was buying, so I would buy it myself. So that, that's basically with, with Panini, and yeah, it was back in a time where they were really excited to have us on board, and that's the way they made us feel anyway. And we got on well with them and tried to sell their stuff as best we could, which was difficult. And Panini yeah, no, is. <laughs> fanatics is pretty much the same i'm just trying to think whether we went to the states to get on board with them or whether we did that before we left i can't remember but again they were really excited to to work with us we've got a great range of their stuff in the cabinet behind this camera and yeah we love their their products having that physical autographed item is pretty cool whether it's a jersey or a hat or a batter or a ball or a full-size helmet like we've got down there.
0: I've seen some of your your kit that you've got from Fanatics, and wow, yeah, there's some very, very cool there. stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's one of my favorite products is a blind-packed NFL helmet. So you don't know what's in the box. I can't see one. But you don't know what helmet's in the box until you open the box. You pull it out as an autographed helmet of someone, whether it's Tom Brady or someone terrible like Jalen Hurts. You don't know <laughs> it until you open the box. Yes,
1: you. damn boo-eagles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're yeah, into this.
2: We'll, 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 we'll,
0: yeah, yeah, we'll tush push this one out of here, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Brotherly um, job. So what's it been like owning your own store That like and, and coming along with this new wave of collectibles? How, how have you found it?
2: Do you want to talk
4: to that, Chris? Because Chris we don't own the store. It's Chris's store. Yeah, we've never really been in high street retail before so it was it was a big change for us but and it wasn't our intention to necessarily open a store it's just that we've got a decent sized warehouse and we thought maybe we could build a little counter and some nice glass cabinets there and daniel sent me down here said this is a jeweler's store it's closing go down here and buy the buy the display cases and bring them back and we'll set up a little shop and must give give a little bit more kind of depth and, and visual optics to what we're doing. So I came in here and one thing, I uh, started talking to the jeweller who was closing up after a lifetime and I, I didn't know him and he's a good fellow. And one thing led to another and he walked out and we walked in. That was great. <laughs> you could particularly see that this was real high end retail. It was jeweller, high end jeweller retail, everything bright and shiny, top security. Top channels and fittings and glass and lights and mm. and we could see straight away all our stuff would just transfer in here. The fit out cost us, we did it in he was out, we were in, and it took us about eight hours to put all our stuff in here. It was and we were ready to roll. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Can and, I spin it around?
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it looks incredible. Eh? Like well, I've it's... had it, I've gone online and had a couple looks and I'm just like, this is awesome. Like my eight year old self could see it now. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: can
2: definitely see it. it's an old jewellery store. Eh? It's perfect for yeah. what
1: we're doing. Yeah, the top lit and backlit that really emphasizes that product that's in the shelves and in the cabinets. Yep. It's, it's so awesome. Yeah. You know? Perfect. Now, what was the what's your favorite card that you've pulled? Sort of part two part, whether it's for yourself personally, but also for a for a buyer, for a fan, that's that's border break.
2: I've got a terrible memory, so I'm hoping you yeah.
3: can remember something um, more. Well, there's, there's lots of situations, but one of the like the, the best times pulling cards is when it's people collect like certain teams of players. So anytime you yeah, pull like a nice big card for their sort of collection, is always a, a good feeling. But for me, I've I've pulled a few like the the Holy Grails and uh, the card world are the, the one of ones. So the the rookie patch autographs and we pulled a few of those up for customers and back in oh what would have been 17, 18. 17 18. 18. The one I do remember how we pulled out he was big at the time but it was the NFL Mac Jones rookie patch oh. one graph 101 mm. he was meant to be the next big thing for the Patriots of course hasn't quite turned out that way sorry that's, yeah no, gone. yeah <laughs> and so like like those those big cars I like, that, that's one I do remember and because <laughs> He was like one of the biggest talking points in the NFL for a time, and it's a bit harder for the NBA because it's not so much like a key piece per team. Like in NFL, a quarterback is the is, is the guy, and so like those like, that's the one I, I do remember. But yeah, like just pulling any any top card for a guy that why well, it's the same team week in week out, just just building to their collection is is always a good thing.
1: Awesome. Following on from that, this might be a bit easier. What about memorabilia, whether it was for yourself or, or for a fan as well? Because I can see you've got a few things framed on the wall. Is that card crazy? Is that that for you guys to keep? Or is everything in the store for sale?
2: Everything's for sale. Everything's for sale. <laughs> you definitely have those things you don't want to sell though. Yeah. yeah. Um, like this, the camera is sitting on top of a autographed Night Rider card by David Hasselhoff, which is cool. Yeah. We've got a shoe, autographed by Shaquille O'Neal, that is actually sold, but that was one of those pieces that I didn't want to sell. Yeah. I'd be quite happy if that was still here.
4: It's this actual shoe size, size 22. It's enormous, it's a real party piece. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But the interesting, uh, one of the interesting things that um, amazed me was it's basically a toy and it's um, a plastic hoverboard from the last Back to the Future movie. And so it's bright pink and it's a kind of like, it doesn't do anything except sit there and it's got the things underneath it that's supposed to hover off the ground, but it doesn't do any it, of that
0: You mean it's not real?
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, then, it's it's been signed by Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd and two others. And I said, what? Why have you bought that? <laughs> yeah. and, anyway, it was under the glass and... The interest in it is just incredible. It's just yeah. amazing. You go, oh, that's so cool. Whereas I go, oh, all right, is it? Okay. That's so yeah. <laughs> a really, it really stood out. It really stood out as a- Yeah, um, that is a cool piece. Yeah, a party piece and yeah. something that attracted a lot of attention. And yeah.
0: That's very, very cool. Because that was yeah. leading into my next question. Is there, are there any cards or memorabilia that you guys can't personally part with? Ones there that you've held on to from a young age or-
2: now i bought this for show and t- this is my the very first set of cards i ever collected i think it's from 1988 oh, yes yes cool. i used to collect
0: them when i was a kid <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's so good. A <laughs> and yeah. this one's signed by kevin eastman the one of the creators of Teenage mutant ninja tours so
3: Man, that is uh, cool i wish i still had my pokemon cards from back when i was a kid that would have been a, a nice haul to hold on to of course don't know where they ended up
2: I wish I had the cars from when I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they yeah.
3: went to an op shop when mum was moving house. They were the, the main movers during COVID. But I got back into it 2015-16, and my first signed memorabilia piece was a Malcolm Brogdon Rookie Bucks jersey. Nice. And so uh, that's, I tried to frame it at, at home in one of those Briscoe's frames. Didn't go too well, so I just <laughs> left it in the frame and I've just, I've just hidden it out the back. But that's probably the one piece. Yeah, that was my first big purchase back then i think it only cost like 190 us dollars but to me like, like like that was a lot back then and probably was my first sort of you call them pcs like personal collection and so he ended up being my first pc player and that was my first big purchase of it. so it's probably uh, one thing i'll just like never let go of that's awesome
0: gotta love those collectibles hey? like yeah. you just yeah. you just pocket, it. and it's personal to you too eh? that's the best thing about these collectibles is that it's what you see the value as too. Is so it might be like one hundred and ninety dollars, yeah. But to yeah. you, it's a thousand. Yeah. It's ten thousand. Yeah
2: yeah, 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 And I and I always say that to people too because they ask you, "What happens if someone hits a multi thousand dollar card, a ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar card, whatever? It's what do they do with that? How does to sell? And I, it's relatively easy to sell for one. But secondly, just following on from what you said. Some of them won't sell it for any amount of money in the world. Mm. This is what they've tried to get. They really want the signed Kobe or Curry or whatever it is. And they finally got one and they, they got it through going into breaks or buying boxes and they tried really hard and spent some time chasing it. They won't sell it. So that, yeah. that follows on from what you're saying. Mm. It doesn't matter what some of these things are worth. It's, they're special to that person. I'm
1: not sure if they're worth anything, Matt, but I've still got all of my Pokemon cards from when I was a 19-year-old. <laughs> I think I've got a shiny charizard in there, but I'm I'm not sure how well ten-year-old Phil's looked after. It's yeah, not been. Yeah. I up, think it might be a curve I'm, in it or something like that, just I'm from, a, sure from met, age.
3: Yeah, me and my brothers, we, I'm pretty sure we used to throw them at each other too. So as much as I wish I had them, I probably look at them now and be like, no, nah, they went with it. No, nah,
2: yeah, yeah, didn't <laughs> much.
0: And a lot of the times when when we are all younger, we would keep them in rubber bands. That, that's yeah. another thing. It's like the old rubber band band. Get it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, you'd have the yeah. curve.
3: Rubber band in the, in the top drawer just going all over the
2: place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: If, man, if we could go back, eh? Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. Even yeah. to no- 2019. Yeah. Even yeah. Like, like, then we wouldn't be pre-COVID. here. <laughs> yeah. We'd all yeah. be on the beach. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the next question there I had for you to explain to our listeners is what are card breaks and how do they work?
3: The card break is pretty much, it's just, A a box of any, it doesn't have to be a sport, like we break like multiple sort of genres. Um, It is predominantly sport. NBA is the number one, followed by probably NFL. But a break is pretty much just a, it's a, a box. And instead of buying a box outright, like most people generally only collect like a player or a team. And so we take that box value, divide it into the teams that are like related to that sport. And people buy a team instead of the whole box. Mm. And then we open that box live on camera. So you don't actually know what you're going to get until the box is opened. And then, yeah, so like you buy, say for NBA terms, you buy the Lakers for 50 bucks out of a $1,000 box. You could hit the Magic Johnson autograph and walk away with that for only 50 bucks. It could be worth three or four hundred. Oh, and hey. we do that, yeah, with like multiple sports, multiple boxes. And yeah, like you're talking $10 buy-ins all the way up to two grand per team on our top releases each year.
2: I always use this, something like this to explain it. This is a box of national treasures. And throughout the years, they can range from anywhere between $6,000 to $12,000 for a box. So buying a box like this is out of the question for most people, myself included. Mm. <laughs> but if you break it down into 30 different teams, then it becomes more affordable. If you're a big Celtics fan, then you just want the cards that are for the Celtics. So you buy the box. So you buy the Celtics. Then once all the teams are sold, so we go through and all the teams will be different prices based on the potential of what can come out. And once that, say, $10,000 is gathered in for the various the 30 teams, Matt will open that live on camera, and whatever comes out for the Celtics, say, is yours. So whether it's a $10 card or whether it's a, out of there, you can get a million-dollar card. If it's a million-dollar card, that's your card. That will be shipped to you. Yeah. For that buy-in fee of, of whatever it was to get the Celtics, so yeah. it makes that product more accessible to people.
0: Yeah, myself and, and Phil, we've done a few breaks. I think we went from yeah. being um, break break virgins, and now we're into our third or fourth. And your guys like ease of transaction, and then the quickness of the postage as well is mm. is incredible. Like is, you guys is, are doing a yeah. great job. Yeah,
3: yeah. That was, that was one thing we we uh, transitioned to here. Yeah, so Let's take the credit for that. We used to be like a like a just a Facebook orientated uh, break group, and then just the way we saw things going, it had to be more more streamlined. And the easiest way to do it was just through a website. Everything is, is it's paid online. It's it's all sorted. We don't have to do any admin work behind it all. We literally just have to get the boxes, rip them open, pack it, ship it, and then get on to the next ones.
0: And now, it's just so easy. Seeing like you've got the teams that the people have drawn as well on the side of the screen. And as you're going through, cause you keep forgetting, you're going, what team have I got? And then you can just see it there. At, <laughs> there. Right. So it's like for anyone there that's out there listening and they're a newbie to the hobby, um, this is a great way to go about
1: it and get into it. and yeah, to feel- keep, A cheap way. Oh, I've got so many follow-up questions that I want to ask you about that, but I'll, <laughs> I'll keep things moving on to the next question. You briefly touched mm-hmm. on it and i sort of in my, and my travels online noticed there was a bit of chat around it. Lockdown, everything's really kept off in the collectible world during lockdown. Whether or not people had you know, they had not a lot to do, a little bit more extra money, and they wanted to do stuff online. Did you guys really uh, feel you get the benefit of that N- NBA, NFL, MLB, Pokemon? I think you mentioned before. Was that something that really blew up for you guys, or yeah, how did that? How did that go during that period and then the flow on
2: yeah i've never worked so hard in all my life during lockdown <laughs> I was squirreling cards where i brought all the stock home had it in the garage because i think for the first lockdown we were just getting some momentum going from kobe passing away sadly it took yeah. that's what it took but um a lot of interest in the hobby because people were chasing those cards and realizing this is a genuine collectible something signed by Kobe Bryant who's no longer with us I want that and that had really encouraged a lot of people to join the hobby. And then Zion Williamson was coming. He was going to be the next big thing, the next greatest rookie. And there was a lot of hype around him trying to chase those Zion <laughs> cards. And so we were getting some momentum, some organic growth in the hobby and in our little side business that was at the time, trading cards. And so when lockdown came along, I was like, I was devastated because I thought, that's the end of that momentum. But shut down, no one's going to have any money, mm. and the whole world's going to tip over. And it was the complete opposite. <laughs> you know, it was a great outlet for people who wanted something to, something to do, some entertainment. They couldn't go out. They couldn't buy beers for $15 a pint. So they had a bit of extra money and they were, they were doing a bit of this and getting a bit of entertainment out of it as well. Because that's what we, we like to think. We provide a bit of entertainment, not just an collection. It's a bit of a community. We get to know yeah. people. We make some friends. And, yeah, we think we bring a bit more than... And just a sports card to it and lockdown was amazing just to bring all that together and interact with people. Yeah. I met some great people during lockdown. Oh, we got to
3: the point people were messaging us at like 10 o'clock at night saying, Oh, do you have any boxes to open? Like I'm, I'm keen to, <laughs> I'm, I'm to buy some stuff. like oh hang on a minute, it's like, yeah, but I do, but I like it's only this, this, and this, and like, yeah, I'll take it all. And it's going, okay. So then like 10:30 at night, we're just getting the cameras out or, or like iPhones and just set right, them up on the, yeah. on the desk at home. And then we're just ripping stuff for guys. Like yeah. pretty much every night, Dan was just ripping through some blaster boxes that we, that were new to the, new to the scene. That's right, it was. And yeah, it, was it was just, this one, cool one product was just these optic blasters back in like 2019, 20, the Charm Rant yeah. and Zion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so that's just about to the pack out.
3: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like people knew that if one car turned up, I did, yeah. these other cars were going to come out afterwards, because yeah, we had huh? opened so many of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: The house is yeah. just covered. I even got my wife to help me just saw these into piles. Like, yeah. she, she was good at it by the end of it. There's just piles of cards yeah. all through the house <laughs> waiting for us to be able to ship them because we weren't allowed to ship them because they were non essential. Uh, they were very uh, essential to us, but that yeah. didn't seem to uh, <laughs> yep. make a difference. Yep.
1: Oh, that must yeah. have been painful. <laughs> I I wasn't collecting back then, but I can imagine. How, like for me now, it's like I see these cards that get that, that you guys break, and I'm like, I can't wait to receive them. And it's like I can't imagine waiting a couple of months for them to show up. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. Though. You was watching guys open boxes, and I was feeling because sometimes you feel bad you're selling someone a box of cards for five hundred bucks, but then the same box a few weeks later was a thousand dollars, and then it was fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. and then it was two grand, and now you can't buy them for any kind of money. Yeah. If only you yeah. had sold nothing during that time. <laughs> yeah. And I held on to uh, it. And yeah.
1: <laughs> are we talking like Spectra and one and one and that are those the type of boxes? Because I see a few yeah. of those breaks in America and I'm like, yep. I, I haven't really seen much in New Zealand and I see how much they're worth. And I'm like, wow. I just don't yeah. see them we
2: broke everything. So yeah. everything America gets, we get. Yeah. We don't miss out on any NBA products. We get every single one of them, which is cool. Yep. Is uh, it
3: a time of the year? Yeah, so they will they, they get like released sporadically through the year. Like, generally, right. every every second week or so. As Dan was uh, touching on, so, like, boxes that we get, we get X amount. And if it's, a, if it's a, a sought-after release, we pretty much break it pretty quick, and then it's gone. So we very rarely try and hold on to things, because, I mean, like, if, if there's momentum there and it's filling with the breaks, we just keep doing it. Yeah, touched on Spectra, that, that's normally one that, that comes and goes pretty quick. One and one was another one, but there's probably about four or five releases each year which people just want to see keep breaking. Wow. And so we'll literally just, just keep us in breaks so till it's gone just, just to ride it. Yeah.
0: We're quite like NBA hoops. Yeah. Loving NBA yeah. hoops at the moment. No,
3: we've, got, we've got heaps of that.
2: Don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to open some of that today, aren't we? We're going to do it here or, or after. We're
0: going to. Yeah. Awesome. 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 What's the most expensive card you've drawn in a break?
3: One this year. So the. The, one of the top releases each year is uh it's flawless and stage the retail, you're looking at fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars the box and you get Ooh. eight yeah, eight, ten. I think it's eight cards and then two in case cards. So you get so you get ten cards in total and that's it for sixteen grand. And Bye. one one lucky punder grabbed a team and pulled out a Cade Cunningham rookie patch autograph mm. and ended up selling, I think it was like thirty or forty thousand dollars overseas so within hours too yeah like we we never
2: even shipped it to him we shipped it to his buyer in
3: the end yeah they just chuck it on instagram of course people know people who collect certain teams and players they get tagged in the photos and then like you're making a sale within a few few hours so it's it's pretty pretty extreme amazing it was
2: a cool card it was number one of the team yeah it it was was a gold gold rpa cool card
3: yeah Yeah. i'd be having heart palpitations. Yeah, 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 and it as you, as you touched on like that, that's what people buying the brakes for. Like they they want to get that that kick of waiting for their car to pop out. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. that 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 dopamine itch that we're all that we're all all chasing. This is yeah. this is just yeah. the legal one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That is an advantage. You, you
1: briefly touched on it before, mm. Matt. My condolences. Although your team is actually quite good. I'm a Minnesota mm-hmm. Vikings fan when it comes to mm-hmm. football. But according
3: to I for my phone updates, I've seen we've scored a couple of touchdowns. So. <laughs> All right, yeah,
1: no, not not to be unexpected. Um, so yeah, favourite NBA and NFL teams. We'll start with you, Matt, and then we'll jump over.
3: To be honest, I don't really have a favourite. Like I said earlier, I started when I got back into collecting. I just went through the draft list. The guys at the top always cost quite a bit of money to chase because they ended up like people see it as a as an investment. So I went down the list. I searched up a few guys going in the second round, and yeah, stumbled across Malcolm Brogdon. So he went to the Bucks. So they became the team I followed for, I think it was there for a, for a couple of years. I won his Rookie of the Year. I thought my value was going to go through the roof and I was going to cash in. I yet didn't. And so then after that, I became just a, a follower of him. And so he ended up getting traded to the Pacers. So then, of course, bought a couple of Brogdon Pacers jerseys, got them in the wardrobe at home. And then he got traded again to the Celtics. And I gave up buying jerseys after that because I was so- <laughs> I thought i soon <laughs> realised he was just going to become one of those sort of journeymen. And like, I mean, he did, he's on the Blazers now, I think. So I never really had a favourite team. Growing up though, as a kid, just by what was always on TV, the, the Hornets were a, were a big thing when I was young. Uh, yeah, the old Muggsy Bogues days, yeah, they were, the, they were the days I used to watch. Starter yeah. Jackets. Yeah, starter Jackets. Barry Johnson, um, yeah. The old, yeah,
2: they were all Hornets balls. Yeah, yeah, it was
3: just Hornets. That's what little they marketed back then, so no wonder. But NFL, same sort of thing. But I just dived into a player. Ended up being Jalen Hurts for the Eagles when he was riding the bench behind Carson Wentz. Grabbed a whole lot of cards of his and signed memorabilia. Got a few mini helmets and, and that at home. And, yeah, just been following the Eagles for the last, what's that, three years now, three or four years. And probably don't plan to stop. I wanted to win a Super Bowl and, like I said, hope that I can cash in a bit better with my Hurts stuff and then with my Brogdon stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they're, the, they're an easy team to follow, unlike I'm a... Hornets, and you had a yeah, the Vikings fan. It's It's been it's been a tough forever, yeah.
2: basically. Yeah, <laughs> tough. Really tough.
1: What about
0: you, Daniel? What about,
1: yeah, what about you, Daniel?
2: Yeah. For me, I always... It's interesting because when you're in a position like ours, when you're talking to a Warriors fan who's fairly passionate about the Warriors, you like the Warriors too. And yeah, it's the same for the Nets or the Bulls, whatever it is. And so I suppose my favourite team is always... I always support the the team with the biggest rookies, really, because that gives my customers the best return on their money. So when they're doing good, you know, so I, whatever team is hot, providing the best return on investment for my customers is my favorite team. So at the moment, the Spurs are the my favorite team. I'm yeah. desperately hoping William Yama does well, because that's going to give the guys who bought hopes or, or the prison cards, it's going to give them the best return on their money if he does really well this year. Mm. Uh, and I love to see that, obviously. When you're selling a product like this, you want to see your customers get some return on their investment, and if Wemby goes well, which is doing all right, then they'll get that, and I'll be thrilled about that. Mm.
1: It's, it's the rest awesome. of the Spurs that are letting Wemby down at the moment, I think, not, not Wemby himself. <laughs> no,
2: exactly. As old people would see through that. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's the supporting cast, because we,
0: we've touched on this on a couple of um, basketball editions. We've said there that if Wemby was playing in an OKC and Chet was playing for the Spurs, yeah. I don't think we'd be seeing the same Chet and I think we'd be seeing a next level of Winby. and yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think there that that's the at the moment he is the best player and a rookie at that performing yeah. on a crap team. So <laughs> I think he'll get some support, it's just going to take time.
2: Absolutely, and that might keep values a little lower than the other ones might be, which will yeah. mean people buying those Winby cards might do even better next year if he really mm. excels next year. They might see them go
0: up. Yeah, just got to, it's like Luca. Remember when he first came into the league and you oh. just sat on Luca with rookie cards and
2: yeah, yeah, played, they weren't played, expensive. Then, yeah, yeah, they weren't expensive at all. And now they're unobtainable. Yeah. I well, got, got twelve rookie.
3: Like Giannis days.
2: Oh, there's so, one.
3: Yeah, like back in the yeah. bucks, thirteen in 14 he was pretty much at some like, like a, a role like bench player it's terrible and done like next, like, next to nothing and his then cards
2: were worth nothing
3: yeah and then, of course people were throwing out all of his like base rookie cards back when they were opening boxes thinking he was just some some overseas guy and then yeah year three and four he took off and then everyone's scrambling to go find all of the rookie cards and <laughs> those 50 cents cards are worth 50 bucks and but, like that's what people do now like you will, you'll you on the brakes, you're like, you, and like you, just, you just hold all the rookie cards that you never get. You never
2: sell anything for check. Because you
3: don't know what, what a rookie's going to do in year two and three. Or they might get traded year three or four onto a starting team. And then next thing, yeah, you can you can grab it all out and start cashing in a bit. Mm.
0: Yeah. And that's so, doesn't tip. it? Sitting Hot
3: on
2: tips.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sitting, on, sitting on the good rookies and just waiting. And probably
2: something people don't realize about this hobby is it really centred around the rookies. It's all about the rookie chase. It's yeah. not about the veterans. You can get them any year and they don't change, but you only get the rookie card with the RC on it for 12 yeah. months and then they're gone forever. It feels like a long time. Now they're gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then they,
1: you can't- so your tip then essentially to to the listeners, to the viewers, when you're if you're getting into breaks, presumably if you're not a lifelong fan, it's we're chasing rookie cards. Either autos, pack, jersey patches, and rookie cards. Would that sort of be the...
3: That'd be your main three chase cards here. Definitely like heavily weighing in towards the rookie cards. We price our breaks pretty much based on uh, the rookie values. True. And if you've got like a, for the ease of equation sort of thing, a $1,000 box, Uh, the Spurs at the moment would probably be, you're looking at about $125, $140 to buy in. And so one team covers like that 12%, 13% of the box. But purely because if you pull the Yama rookie cards, You're starting to get your money back straight away. Whereas if you buy the cheap teams, have got some rookies who could turn into something, you're only paying 15, 20 bucks a spot. And if you hold them two or three years, those rookies could easily turn into something like we're seeing the 2020 rookie class now start start, uh, thriving a bit Mm -hmm. Uh, with like Halliburton, Torres Maxey, who else is in there who's some takeoff?
0: Keegan Murray?
3: Yeah. Keegan Murray. Yeah, balls. So I think it's there oh, yeah. it was only maybe two or three when they came out. There's about seven or eight that are like starters now. <laughs> and looking at all star potential. And so when that happens, like the twenty twenty box prices jump straight away. And they have. Yeah. And so yeah, so like it all depends yeah, here on the rookie classes that, that determines values. And like I said, if you can if you can wait if you can wait it out, buy into some after some rookie guys, get into it, and then yeah, maybe two or three years down the track that's
0: when you start seeing it all uh, pan off. Yeah. So I've done that a few times with uh, when a player has a good game and then I'll go to Phil and I'll message him and be like, bro, I've got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I've, I've been buying up like as many packs as I can, like every year for years now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, so you're not right. Yeah. That's all it takes is a good game sometimes, yeah. and the cards can shoot up. and Yeah,
3: I mean, out. the key word you were saying before, like, it doesn't have to take two for years. Like It's all about height. If a rookie has a good three or four-game stretch, straight away people will start like look, looking that guy up, and that's when it drives the value up. People start posting it on like, the US like, NBA pages, and then as soon as word of mouth gets around that people are wanting this guy, everyone else starts wanting him. And that's when, if you've, if you've got his cards, yeah, you just chuck them online, and it generally sells pretty quick.
2: It's great. There's so many opportunities to get in and not spend a lot of money and get some great stuff and some value in it and a proper little investment or collection together. I think Joey Burrow is a great story because he was mm. the whole quarterback for 2020 mm. and people sunk a lot of money into him and he broke his leg and was out for the season and possibly forever and people just dumped those cards for nothing. Mm. And he, was, he just yeah. about won a Super Bowl last year. And his cards are worth a lot of money now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah he no, he's 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 a good player. He's had he's such an awful run with injury. And now you've yeah. got old Jake Browning. I love how it's another JB at the team. Yeah, he's no. just come out of nowhere, and it's like the Bengals are a com- a competitive. It's like yeah. this wasn't yeah. supposed to happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there his cards go up in value. They were worthless in July. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy's probably one of the biggest <laughs> stories. Mr. Relevant, right? He's yeah, gonna win MVP. Yeah. How insane is that? Have you, do you guys have any of his sort of kit? Have you noticed any movement around him? Oh, big movement, yeah. Yeah. So his
3: belly skyrocketed like Mm -hmm. instantly after it was was, one of Jimmy G and then so Trey Lance. So his stuff kicked off very high because they thought he was their their next (laughs) future quarterback. And then there's this other guy, Brock Purdy, sitting in the background. Of course, it takes injuries for them to actually start shining, but so the thing with his sort of rookie years, he was so down. Was at the bottom of the draft. The card companies never really took too much notice of him, so not too oh, much of his of stuff got made. Oh. And because he was a like last round quarterback pick, he didn't really make too much stuff of his. And then, so there wasn't as much as it would normally be of a like a first round quarterback. And so ever since then, not too many rookie uh, autographs of his were lying around. But all of his base card rookie stuff just went through the roof. And so mm-hmm. next thing you know, everyone's finding it, they're buying it, they're sending it off to get graded. And that's when they start cashing in on their money on the on the Purdy train.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a little yeah. bit like that Jamie Jacques for the Heat. Is that I can't know how you say his last yeah, name? Yeah, I, I was just they, doing my... i have done nothing records. for him, basically, yeah. right? They they didn't really release much at all for him, even though he was a late team pick.
3: Yeah. That's good. Um, Very good. Because the Hoops, so the one that's come out now, so that's the only one out so far, the 23-24 season, is the Hoops. That generally covers off most of the rookies. As the releases go on, they normally just focus more on like the, like, like the top round, i sort of like the first round draft picks. And then a, a few will still get missed. But then, yeah, it's got to hope that between the hoops and the next one out, Donruss, might be your next one where, where they try to include all the draft picks in their, in their rookie cards. Yeah. Um, and are, but,
0: they, are they on their way?
2: Not officially. <laughs> no. But they will be printed soon. Yeah. Okay. Don't ask Prism. Prism. We should have Prism by the end of February. I yeah,
3: think. Prism will be your next big, big release that people go go nuts
2: for. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. We'll be
3: here. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 We we'll have to do. We
0: we'll have to do a, another pod with you guys when the next like lot of cards come in, and then we can do mm-hmm. like an official type of we know, release. Release yeah. Pod. Yeah. Last question, there, guys. Like, firstly, like, thank you for. For having us along because yeah, we appreciate your guys' time. So we know there that time is money these days. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I did see there that there is another break that me and filler involved with at some yeah, point. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how can people find you on the internet and, and Facebook, Instagram, socials, that sort of thing?
3: Easiest way for the website, cardcrazy.co.nz. That's where most of the stuff that's in the shop and boxing, sorry, card wise, will be listed online. So that's normally our first point of call. And along the top there'll be a little banner that takes you to our Facebook page that we do all our breaks on. So it's it's not under card it's, it's called a what's like called Facebook page, Triple T. So that was a page that got started years ago. And so it was it's called Triple T, it's Trans Tasman. So we used to be like a combined New Zealand-Australia page. So way back then there was only like a handful of pages that, that were doing trading cards and collectibles. And so we've just remained on there ever since. But yeah, that's trying to like Facebook search that name. Just go to our website, cardcrazy.co.nz. Uh, you'll find it on there. Click um, the banner at the top. Yeah, click the banner. That'll take you to the Facebook page. And then we'll just start accepting new people in who want to get into cards.
2: Mm, it's all self-explanatory once you're on that Facebook page.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, cheers, lads And what we'll do is we'll share it on our socials as well, so then even more coverage there for you. So, yep. uh, thank you very much, guys, for for joining my myself and yeah, young Mr. Right. Awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're hoping to get you guys back again. We'd love to do some uh, NBA chat with you on Basketball Edition as well, our other podcast, and just to chat hoops and chat card values would be a good. Good little one mm, for yeah, you guys. Yeah, the ups
2: and downs Thank of the week. Thank
0: you for joining us on Where's My Sports At podcast. We're doing this all again next week, but make sure they check out the socials, but also check out Card Crazy socials and Triple T cards as well on Facebook and get involved in the breaks. It is great fun. And not only is it a great hobby for people to get into, it's also interesting because you follow a team, follow a player, and keeps you involved with all sports. Cheers.
2: Thank you for listening to the Basketball Edition
0: podcast. Please make sure to follow us on our socials, basketball underscore edition underscore WMSA. And if you are wanting to have a chat with us, please send us a message and we'll get back in touch with you. Make sure to follow us on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Google Podcasts and YouTube, all good podcasting streaming channels. Thank you.